Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're going to want to write this down. Jessica Dumas Coaching and Training and the Confidence and Communication Podcast is overflowing with appreciation to our first podcast sponsor, The Johnston Group, Inc. The Johnston Group provides employee benefits to more than 30,000 businesses across Canada. Thank you so much for supporting my vision and investing in the podcast. Please accept my extreme gratitude, which will help get the message of self-love, healing, and growth out to a greater audience. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Jessica Fox reporting for duty. Just kidding. I don't know where that came from. It's winter solstice, the day that this podcast will air. That's when winter begins. That's when the season changes. And that's what I'm celebrating. And around this time, the change of the year, the end of the year, the Christmas season, um, we do a lot of reflection. And funny note, I've been like, singing more out loud and like just lately in general. And that was something that I was always like so ashamed of because I do not have (laughs) a singing voice. It's not something that you want to catch. I promise you that. But it's just interesting because it just reminds me of like my grandmother and her presence being with me always. Her birthday is coming up on December 26th. I don't know how old she would be. She's with me all the time, but it's just Like she would go up on stage and she would sing. And my mom and my sister called her the honky tonk angel, which is super sweet. So yeah, just made me think of her because I've been singing lately. And yeah, that's my grandma. What I want to talk about today is how showing up on social media became my job. I want to talk you through that, but I also want to share with you what you can do. Maybe showing up on social media is not what you want to do, but maybe there's something that's like outrageous and ridiculous that you could have never imagined would be your job and you want to do it. And I want to be able to talk you through that a little bit because I didn't know I would be doing this. I didn't know I could have a podcast and just show up on social media and that would be the majority of my work. Like, what? It still doesn't make any sense. Because it's not what we're taught. Okay, so we're going to break that down. I'm going to share with you like, um, I have four points for sure marked, but I have lots of little notes. So I don't know if those will also become points. But, you know, we're not taught to think outside the box. When we go to school, when we read books, when we see others around us, we don't see many people straying out of the norm, right? And if we do, it's scary as fuck. So what we're taught is go to school, do really good in school, pick a job that you're going to work at for the rest of your life, and go and get that job and work hard and stay there for the rest of your life. And I heard this phrase when I was working at Hydro when I got my job there at a high school. One of the cashiers that I would support because my work supported their work said to me, make all you can, can all you make, and sit on the can. And I was just like, what? Like, (laughs) barf? That sounds like the worst possible thing 
that could ever happen in life. But that's the way we're taught. That's like, ultimately, we're not, I don't even know where to start. Like, ideas are just popping in my head like crazy. We are not taught that we can create our meaning to success. We're taught that success is a certain thing. Success means all the things that I just described. Success means that you have graduated high school, you went to university, you have a partner, you're married, you own a house. That's like, that's the idea. That's the bullshit that we're given that's success. And if you don't measure up to that, then you are failing. But again, it's all bullshit. And I struggled with that a lot when I was younger. And of course, like that life, I've never achieved that. I'm 44 years old and I I know I'm not a failure. I am clearly not. But based on that bullshit vision of what success is, like I don't match it. I grew up poor in the North End. A brown girl, right, could have, I feel like the chance that I finished high school at the time of who I was, like that was a miracle because I was headed down the road to destruction and, you know, like life was hard. I lived in poverty. I was a teenage mom. I was in an abusive relationship. I would have never made it to that list. Oh, God. We're not taught to think outside the box. And I think maybe we come across those people when we are young and they will challenge us with questions to think outside of the box. But it's just a conversation. And it's just like this undeveloped idea that just sits there. And then we go back to getting a job, working really hard. I literally had just shared a post on my Instagram. I'm going to open it up right now and look for this post. It said, So we're just supposed to eat, sleep, exercise, shit, go to college, work nine to five every day, travel two weeks out of the year, buy a house, then have kids and die. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. My comments on that post were, no, you're doing it wrong. And you could probably feel it. Like I was so frustrated in the path that I was in. I would get my kids to daycare and to school, and then I would drive to work. But not before stopping and crying. I would literally, I swear to God, sit in my car and I would cry because I fucking hated my life. I fucking hated my life. I hated the jobs that I had to go to. Well, the jobs were sometimes okay. Um, sometimes the people that I had to work with were just fucking nasty people and it just made me feel like shit or they made me feel like shit. Tried to make me feel small and insignificant which again, like amplified that message of me not measuring up to that vision of success bullshit. And I was exposed to whether it be the internet, I wasn't listening, I don't even know when podcasts started, but books, YouTube, I remember being exposed to ideas of what if your life was different? What if you could change your life? And to me, Like my internal being, my internal spirit, like grasped onto that shit. Like, what? What do you mean? Me? No, that's impossible. I had to convince the shit out of myself that it was possible. Okay. It wasn't easy work. It was not easy peasy. I didn't just wake up one day. I've been through so much shit and I feel like, like I'm going to do my best to try and talk about some of that as I share this episode. I'm already eight minutes in. (laughs) 
all I'm doing is ranting. But we're not taught to think outside the box. Okay? And when we do, it's scary as fuck because we look around and there's nobody else doing it. And it feels like you're about to walk on water. Okay, here I go with some Bible references. It feels like you're about to walk on water and you have this belief that, you know what, maybe I can walk on the water. But then you start looking around and then you start sinking. You're like, no, I can't walk on water. Where the fuck did that even come from? That was just in my head. But all of a sudden I have this new analogy of what that means. So interesting. I am, by the way, one of the few people who have actually read the Bible, just saying. But that's a thing. I remember looking at my friends and thinking, like my friends with jobs, and they didn't necessarily love their job. They weren't necessarily like excelling in their career, but they had a job and they were content. And to me at the time, I was like, you're so fucking lucky. I can't find, like, there's nothing out there for me. There's nothing out there for me. I remember telling one of my friends, you're so lucky that you have a job that you feel like you're you're making a purpose. I feel like I am a square peg trying to fit in a round hole. There's nothing out there for me. There's nothing out there for me. I said that to myself so many times. And then there was like this super quiet voice. I couldn't understand it. I couldn't hear it. But it was saying something like, you have to make, you have to create what is for you. But I was trying to find out there, looking out there everywhere for what was for me. There was a time in 2012 or 13-ish, I was on employment insurance and I applied for over 100 jobs. And I swear I got so good at writing cover letters. I already enjoyed that stuff. I enjoyed helping people do it. I fucking hated doing it for myself. I wrote really good cover letters. I applied for over 100 jobs just off the internet. And I knew I knew it was over a hundred jobs because I was on employment insurance and they made me track it. So I had to, I, I wish I could find that now. And I hated it. It was a terrible fucking time trying. It's like, you're trying to sell yourself. But I remember at the time also thinking to myself, if they could just meet me, <laughs> if they could just meet me, they would like me. I would stand out. How do I stand out on this fucking resume? I don't remember what I ended. I don't remember what my first job ended up being, but this was also the time where I was wanting to become an entrepreneur. I knew I was wanting to do something. I didn't know what it was. It was around the time that I got my certification in coaching. I didn't know how the hell I could ever support myself doing that because even the training that we took, like there was no conversation about that. It was just about the skill building and like the coaching, how to develop processes, how to guide people, how to coach people. It was very specific, but very, very minimal. And that's where I was. I was struggling. I was taking jobs. I was quitting. I had so much guilt because I was a single parent raising three sons. And I felt like such a fool because I, I would quit a job and then I would struggle financially and emotionally. Like emotionally, I was just a fucking, I don't even know, like a ocean that was just there was no foundation it was just flowing but it was like a risky ocean not like a, a beautiful beach ocean it was just like unstable and wind blowing and you know water splashing it was scary and I had all of this guilt because I had sons that I needed to have this foundation of a home for but here I am trying to follow my dreams. I felt like such a loser. I felt like such an idiot. I felt like a terrible mother. 
I had so much guilt. And I, I let that go on for a while because I was struggling so much inside. I really wanted to break free from this fucking hell of working really hard, getting a job, working really hard, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't go to university. I tried. I went for over one semester. I don't know if you call it semesters. I'm so like out of the university language. And it was really hard. It was hard because I couldn't afford to pay for the parking. I hated the 30 minutes driving to the school. I got lost all the time. I didn't understand. I couldn't keep up. I didn't know how to get a hold of the tutors. And then I didn't have time to study because I came home and I was raising kids. Like it was fucking hard. University wasn't for me. So I went for a little while and I just like I felt so much guilt. And so in that time, when there was a time that I wasn't working like a nine to five job, what I started doing was I started having conversations about contract work. This was something that just came to me. I didn't know it existed, but I started having conversations because I was always looking for work. I was always out doing things. And I guess I didn't think about this at the time, but I guess people started to realize that Jessica had some skill. Jessica had something to offer. And so people were asking me about contracts, like, what about this contract? Like, do you think that you would do this? And I read a book by Laura Langmire called Yes Energy. And the rule is say yes now, figure out how. And you know what? <laughs> now that I think about it, it was like one book at a time. You read one book, you learn one skill, you apply it, you just keep going. And the first contract that I got was to reassess an entire website, like take off all of the data, eliminate any duplications of information, bring out the appropriate information, like really fucking assessing, summarizing all of that stuff on a, on a website. <laughs> I had no idea how the fuck to do that. Oh my God. They brought me in. We talked about it. I understood what they wanted me to do. I didn't know how the fuck I was going to do it, but I said yes. And it was one of the first times that I was like, holy shit, like I'm making my own money. This is not a nine to five. I don't have to wait every two weeks. I'm going to get paid in two weeks based on our agreement, but I'm working when I want. I get to, I'm learning things. It was amazing. But with contracts, they end. So then I'm out looking for work again. And then it was like this cycle that I got in where I was afraid again on that, you know, rocky swirling ocean that was splashing and the wind was blowing between that and the balance of what if, what if I did it before? What if I could do it again? What if something can work out? And I kept doing that and it was just a cycle. It was a cycle of finding great, amazing contracts and doing amazing, incredible work where I learned so much about so many different industries. I got to meet so many different people. I got to travel to different places. I got money. I was able to pay my rent, buy my kids clothes. And it was back and forth for a little while. Eventually, I got some longer contracts and more money. And I would go back and forth. But throughout this time, I was doing the inner work. I was crying, crying as internal and uh, external work. I, I swear, I did so much crying. Like, it, And I'm so happy that I did. 
I was never ashamed to cry. And I think there's a lot of shame around crying, even when I, I'm listening to other speakers or I'm talking to people. And if people are getting emotional, they start crying. They always apologize. The first thing they say is, I'm sorry. My response is always never apologize for crying. Like that is fucking healing work. Releasing is, is huge. So never be ashamed. There's so much magic, so much medicine in crying. And, uh, I was reading books. I was buying programs from different coaches and I was listening to YouTube. I would find a, a video or a message that really touched me or that really inspired me that, you know, really gave me enough belief for the, the hour. So what I would do is I would listen to it every hour on the hour. If it only gave me enough, you know, feel good energy for five minutes, I would listen to it again because I knew that my cup was empty and I needed to fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it. And that, that became a habit that became like, that was part of my, my growth and my healing was replenishing while filling, first of all, exerting what it was that I wanted. And part of exerting of what I wanted meant having delusional conversations, sometimes with myself in my journal, sometimes talking with psychics, sometimes um, talking with coaches, because I didn't have a lot of women friends in my life that I could have a delusional conversation and they would support it because most people just couldn't understand it. So, you know, when I talked about wanting to create a, a business as a coach, I wanted to offer some workshops. Some of the first workshops that I offered were customer service training, communication skills in the office, that sort of stuff. And when I wanted to make a business out of that, I had people around me that were like, yeah, that's a great idea. You're so good at that and blah, blah, blah. But I needed more. Like I needed a conversation to say, that's amazing. How are you going to make it happen? What are you going to do next? Who are you going to talk to? What are you going to do if you fail? You know, just, just whatever, just the questions to build the picture. Because the more that I talked about what I wanted, the more that I talked about this crazy delusional idea, the more that it actually felt possible. And if I didn't have those conversations, if I didn't pay hundreds and thousands of dollars to talk to those psychics and those coaches, I couldn't have those conversations. I had a reading with Steph Robbins yesterday. And the power of having a conversation, of talking to someone about just things that are out of this world that don't make any sense sometimes. They don't make any sense to, to normal people. We need to have those conversations. And if I didn't have those conversations, I could never build the picture. And now I know how to do that on my own. Now I will still check in with coaches and psychics and whoever else I need to speak to. Some, you know, uh, people in my network that I've been able to build the opportunity to have delusional conversations. Now, to me, that is 100% necessary. I need to do that on a very consistent basis because there's no way, like, if I stop, and maybe you've experienced this, if you have an experience where you're exposed to the potential and the possibility of something amazing, if you're exposed to that and then it gets interrupted or cut off and you have to sort of step back, you feel it. You feel all of a sudden I'm unhappy. I'm struggling. I feel unfulfilled. I feel underutilized. That's why you feel that. I started working 
uh, the contracts, saying no to work that I didn't want to do. And then I literally, <laughs> this is kind of funny, I grew a phobia of work commitment. I don't like long contracts. The last long contract that I had, I think, was um, with a tourism agency, a national tourism agency. And it was month to month, but they wanted, like, they wanted me to work with them for, like, the long run. And it, you know what? It was amazing work. The work was fucking incredible. The stuff that I was exposed to, like, mind-blowing. It was great. The pay was great. But it just, it wasn't my vision. It wasn't what I was meant to do. And I needed to fight for my dream and not fight for my limits. And what I mean by that is I need to, needed to spend more time focusing and daydreaming on making my dream a reality, clarifying the dream, describing the dream, and spend time focusing on how am I going to do that? And not how, that's not where you start. You start with the, the why and the what. You know, what is it that I want to do? Why do I want to do that? And sometimes the only reason is just because I want to, just because I think I should, just because it feels good. And then I had to fight for that. I had to fight that, yeah, you know what, feeling that, the fact that this feels good, it's it's right. I know it's right. I believe it's right. That's fighting for it. I don't care what I have to do. That's the dream. I'm going for it. The opposite of that is fighting for your limits, saying all of the reasons why it's not going to work. Well, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because I'm a single mom. I can't do it because I don't have a university education. I can't do it because I'm not really loved. No one's made me their wife. That was, you know, these were the things that held me back. So I fought for my dream and not for the limits. So here are the points that I had to overcome. I had to walk you all the way through all that to get to, to where this is right now. So the way that I have this listed is uh, the bullshit and the truth. Okay, so number one, the bullshit is you have to work really hard to get success. You have to work really hard to be successful. That's the bullshit. The truth is I didn't want to work really hard. I wanted to work less. And again, back to Laura Langmire. Um, I can't remember if it, it was a book that she has or just one of her talks is make more work less, make more money, work less time. I picked up that book and I was like, uh, what the fuck? Like, what is she talking about? Uh, how do I do that? And you know what? This just became one of my mantras. And a belief is just a thought that you keep on thinking. So if I believe that I can make more money and work less, but I can figure it, it's not just saying it and doing nothing. It's saying it and moving forward and figuring it out, right? Say yes now, figure out how. So Laura Langmire is number one in, in both of those points right there. She's the millionaire maker. That's her tagline. So when it came to me wanting to, like, I only, I literally only work, I try to work five days a week, but sometimes a work day is me coming to my desk and sitting around for a couple hours, just looking at my calendar and, you know, updating my calendar and making sure, like checking into stuff. So it's not like hard pressure work. I'll tell you what my day is like. I get up Today, which was a good day, this is ideally the hours that I'm going to bed and waking up, but I was up at 5.30, um, I got to the gym before 7, I worked out for about an hour and 15 minutes, I have a morning practice that I do, so before I went to the gym, I have my Bulletproof coffee, I have some breakfast, 
Lately, I'm doing tapping. So I did some tapping in the morning just to set the tone, just to feel good. I listened to a couple of messages, a tapping message from Brad Yates on YouTube and Abraham Hicks message on YouTube. And, uh, and then I came, I went to the gym. I came home showered. I listened to my recording of my message with Steph yesterday and, uh, started just getting into the mindset of, you know, what am I going to do at my desk? Came to my desk, made some notes, did some Instagram notes and updates and stuff like that. And made some notes for this episode. And, uh, yeah. And so this afternoon I'm picking up my niece from school and I have a committee Christmas dinner. So I'm going to go do that. And then my goal is to get to sleep by like before 10 PM, like get in bed, washed up, brushed teeth by nine, eight, nine PM. And then like literally, if I can be asleep by nine 30 or 10 o'clock, So that's a brand new habit that I'm trying to work into. Had a conversation with my magical morning partner, Lee. So from Sunday to Thursday, those are going to be my self-development days. So all the shit TV that I want to (laughs) watch, I shouldn't call it shit TV. The like Yellowstone is like my current favorite thing. So I'm going to save those things now for the weekends. So for Friday, Saturday. And of course, you know, things will change and that's fine too. I'm a grown up. I get to make my own decisions, but, um, ideally like those are going to be the hours. I don't know why I went through my whole day. (laughs) Overall, what I wanted to share was I don't work hard. I don't work hard. I have two workshops that I offer. I have all of my work prepped when I get hired to do the work to, you know, to show up somewhere else outside of my desk. I just have to read some stuff. I just have to get into the mindset. I, I'm, very selective of the work that I'm doing. I only say yes to work that I want to do. So it makes it easy for me. My coaching, it's all work that I'm teaching from my heart, from my spirit, from my experience, and I'm really good at it. So I just need to get into the mode, into the mindset and thinking about, okay, where are my clients? What did we talk about last time? Where are we going? How can I support them? Like my work is not hard. And the fact that I get to do this and created this, this is me working less and making more. And I like, there was a day where there were several days that would come throughout where I would think, well, that's, this is fucking stupid. Who do I think I am? Like, what the fuck? But you know what? It's here. It's happening. I do this and it's incredible. So working really hard is bullshit. You get to work less. If you want to You get to create it, learn to believe it and design what you want it to be and believe that it's possible. So that's where like all the inner work, that all has to happen in addition. You can't just put it out there and so be it. Like you have to do the work, but the work is emotional work. Anyways, what I help my one-on-one clients do, FYI. Okay, so number two, the bullshit is be satisfied with what you get. But the truth is you can ask for more. We're taught, right? Don't ask for more. Just be satisfied with what you get. That's bullshit. Like what we're handed is bullshit. And if I didn't know, and I didn't know that I could ask for more, and I'm still learning that, but you know what? Like the fact that I can charge what I charge is just a basic. And I'm not, I don't ask for more money because of greed. I'm asking for more money, first of all, because I know I'm really good at what I do. And secondly, because I want to show people that it's possible. 
I offer really good quality. Everything that I'm selling is like top quality. I will give you 1000%. But in order for me, I'm the main character of my own life. I write the story for myself. I'm going to ask for more. And to anyone who thinks that you need to be satisfied with what you get, I want you to know that's a lie. That was what someone who wanted something for themselves said to you. That's something that people who believe in, you know, there's only so much of the pie. That's why they said that to you. It's bullshit. It's not true. You can ask for more. You deserve more. You're worthy of more. And stop being so damn modest. If you want any help with that, one-on-one coaching. (laughs) The third, number three bullshit is be realistic. Okay? If I didn't daydream... If I didn't allow myself to have delusional conversations, if I was fucking realistic, I wouldn't be living this life that I'm living right now. And again, I always say I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. You know, like I I want a big house. I'm working on believing that that's possible. And that's an area that I still struggle with. But my work life, my work life and my business is unfucking realistic it's unfucking realistic like ask me anything about my business my personal life like i said that's an area that i'm still working on but in order to do that i need to daydream big i need to have delusional conversations i need to ask for more i need to change my beliefs but in order to do that i need to be unfucking realistic so the bullshit is be realistic stop being realistic cuz that's not going to get you anywhere Number four bullshit is be careful of the risk. Be careful in what you're doing because there's a lot of risk. But the truth is, if you really want anything, you have to take action. And that's going to mean taking risk. That's going to mean quitting jobs. That's going to mean saying no to work that you don't want to do. That's going to be taking risk, like showing up on Instagram and selling your service. That's going to be saying your higher increased rate to a client when they could potentially shut you down. Like take action, take risk. Because until you do, until you ask for more, until you daydream big, until you say, I want to work less and make more, until you take that risk and take action, you're not going to be happy. Wow, that was good. This is good shit. Okay, so... Overall, I got really clear on what I wanted to do by asking for more and daydreaming big. I got clear and clear and clear. And it took me a really long time. I like assessed and reevaluated and got clearer and clearer all the time. Every time I wrote out, this is what I want to do. I want to help women use their voice to take up space and change the world. Every time I wrote something like that down, it would get clearer and clearer. And if it, if I needed to tweak it, if it didn't feel right, I would just tweak it and I would get clearer and clearer. So what do you want to do? What's stopping you? What do you want to do? What are you born to do? What are you on this planet to do? What do you want to spend your time doing? How much money do you want to make doing it? How much time a week do you want to do it? Allow yourself to be delusional. That might seem scary, but you could keep doing what you are doing. How's that going? Because I also followed what I loved. I followed what do I love to do? What makes my heart feel good? What makes what gives me energy? And it's doing what I love. And no one tells you that. No one says just, you know, people say, follow your heart. Like, what the fuck does that mean? I followed doing the work that I loved. I allowed myself to get really good at the work that I love to do. 
I allowed myself to charge money for it. And this is another thing, and this should be a whole podcast in itself, is I let go of all the guilt. I had to shed all of the bullshit beliefs that I was taught to fight for my dreams, to to believe that I could work less and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Because there there was a, a phase that I had to go through where, okay, I wanted to work less, I had to challenge myself, okay, then work less. But holy shit, did I fucking feel guilty. I would go for a nap and the anxiety in my chest was just fucking buzzing. I felt like shit. So, of course, then I, I found something to do. But this fight was going on in my head, right? And I had to choose, am I going to fight for my dream or again fight for my limits? And my dream is to work less. So I'm going to let go of that guilt, right? That was what I had to do. I hope this episode helps you sift and decide that you can do what you want to do. You you can. And now showing up on social media and writing content, like ultimately this is my job. My other jobs, like how I actually make money, because I don't get paid to post that, but like it's it's compound action because it all comes back to me. It all benefits me in every single way. I get paid by clients working with me one-on-one. I have six-month one-on-one coaching. It's $7,500 right now. Those prices will increase. I have two workshops that I'm offering. It's $4,500 for a full day. One of them is confident speaking. It's a one-day class for leaders, like team leads, CEOs, groups, organizations. The second workshop is facilitation skills, how to facilitate better meetings, facilitate just sessions and training within your own team. Fun. They are fun work. And then I love to MC and facilitate. So I will MC conferences, galas, like anytime you need someone up at the mic, welcoming your guests, taking them through an agenda. That's one of my favorite things to do. I love it. And facilitating other meetings. Maybe it's not so much a conference, but it's a large meeting. They have a lot of information to get through. You have a lot of speakers to bring up and you need someone to organize the floor. That's what I do really well. That's how I make money. I will also make money doing keynote speeches. I talk about any of this stuff that you hear me talk about on my podcasts or on social media. And you know what? I work less. I make more. I'm going to continue to ask for more. I'm going to continue to dream big. I'm going to continue to have delusional conversations. And I'm going to continue to take risk and take action in my business. And I'm getting better and better at doing that in my personal life. And I want that for you too. So let me know what works for you. If you have any questions, let me know. If you like this episode, let me know. Send me a message on Instagram at jessicadumas.ca. You can take a screenshot and you can share it and tag me. But I feel really good about this podcast episode. So I want to know what you think. Take care. Thanks so much for being here and listening to the podcast. Miigwech, ekose, merci. I want to take every opportunity that I can to tell you that you are worthy. And if something in this message resonated with you, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And send a link to your sister, your best friends, and your cousins, because if there was something in this message that resonated, then they might want to hear about it too. If maybe taking a screenshot is your thing, share it on your Instagram story. And don't forget to take me at jessicadumas.ca.